Welcome to episode 49, part 2, The Draft. So I'm trying something new here. Hats and I, we recorded our normal episode, and we included a draft review at the end of it. But as the episode was a little bit long, especially including the draft, I decided to cut the draft and release it. And this is going to be the draft that we reviewed, but unedited. So there probably are going to be a few more uhs and ums and some more pauses, but this is an idea I had for any time we end up recording stuff, but it goes a little long. This sort of eases my editing load a little bit and will allow me, I think, to keep the show at a, a more sustainable amount of time I spend working on it. So let me know how this sounds, if this was helpful. I could not <laughs> release the draft, but if people find it interesting, I can continue to do this because it's a lot easier to just cut and paste instead of listening to every minute and trying to take out all, all of the redundancies or the uhs and the ums and all of that stuff. Because um, usually, for all the editing I do, it usually takes about two or two to three times the length of the episode the episode. So for example, this is a 20-25 minute discussion on this draft. You know, that would probably take me close to an hour to finish editing. So releasing this unedited saves me a lot of time, but also gets all the content recorded out to people. So once again, if you do find this interesting or helpful, let me know and I'll continue to do this when we have uh, things like this happening in the future. Thanks and enjoy. So let's move on to the draft. Okay. So this is a draft that I did earlier this week. Um, so pack one, pick one, cards in contention. The rare is Purge Driver, which is the four Justice Justice 2-2. Two, two. Summon, silence and kill an enemy unit with more than one faction. Corrupted, five. Then in the uncommons, there's the six Justice Justice 3-4 Elf Paladin, Mithril Paladin, with Exalted Mastery 5, play a 3-4 Relic Weapon. There's a Pack Conjuring, which is the three Shadow Shadow Conjuring card, which uh, gives a unit plus attack and minus health equal to the highest attack among units in your void. Decimate Invoke. And then the good commons, there is a turn back time in time, which is the three time draw card from your void. It gets void bound. There's a burning core Drake, which is the three fire fire three one flying reckless mastery nine create and draw three treasure troves. There's a blade, a brood of Aramot, which is the four primal primal three, three with flying um, and a covetous stranger. Uh, which we talked about. Yeah. So what cards are calling out to you? I would say the Pack Conjuring is definitely calling out to me. Uh, Pack Conjuring takes a little bit of setup to be good because you do need something in your void, but it's one of very, very few direct removal spells in this set, and uh, so I value it pretty high even if I have to wait until turn 5 or 6 to cast it. Uh, also, it has that Invoke, and Invoke is pretty busted and limited because sometimes it pulls a Legendary. Yes, yeah, Pack Conjuring is a card, and it's not the card I took. I actually took Brood of Aramont. Yeah, that would be but, my second choice. Yeah, but Pack Conjuring has consistently overperformed, I think, other people's, other people's evaluations of the card for me. Yeah. 
I, I think the fact that it sometimes can't do anything is a turnoff for the card. Uh, but I, I think this is a case where it's so good once you have anything at all in your void uh, that it it's it's actually really playable and first pickable. Yeah, and I I do wonder maybe if it's a playstyle thing where I'm I'm a pretty aggressive trader, mm-hmm. and so I feel like I always have things in my void. Yeah, to kill something with, and because it's a removal spell, I just expect it to be more of a late game card anyway. And so it's yeah. not like it's out of line with my expectations. Yeah. It, unlike skeletal dragon, which has a similar restriction, but you would want to play it on three, uh, pack conjuring doesn't need to be played on three to be good at all. You can play right. it much later and play another card in the same turn and it's fine. Yeah, exactly. And it replaces itself when you play it later in the game. It does indeed, yeah. And sometimes with a card that your opponent has no way of dealing with at all, it'll yep. take, pull a carpet or something ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But because I was on stream and everyone told me to pick Brood of Aramot, I picked Brood of Aramot. Fair enough. Um, so then pack two, cards in contention. The rare was taken out of this, so there are um, so there's no rare. But the uncommons are, there's Aramot's Mash... Machinations, which is the five Xenon spell, play a one cost unit, a two cost unit, and a three cost unit from your void. They get plus one, plus one in overwhelm. There's the Razor Pain Hellkite, which is the six fire primal shadow, four five flying nightmare dragon that gets plus two for each treasure trove in your void. And then you can pay four to deal one damage for each different name among your dragons. I think you have to pay eight, right? Oh, you're right. It's, sorry, pay eight and deal one damage for each of your different uh, different names among your dragons. Mm-hmm. There's the Plagued Griffin, which is the four primal primal one five flying. It plays an Electro B on an enemy unit, Corrupted Six. And then as for the commons, there's a turn back time in time. There's a Steely Stranger. There is a Magnificent Stranger and a Siege Provisions. Um, my thoughts on, on this are that it's Aramot's Machinations and it's not close. Yes, I agree. And that's what I took. Yeah. Uh, to briefly talk about Aramot's Machinations, uh, it's one of the very best cards in the entire format, certainly at Uncommon or Common. And... I think there's a trap that I've seen a couple of people fall into where they think they're not it's not good if they don't have good one drops in their deck or something so they can't make full use of the card. But if this just said bring back a two drop and a three drop and give them plus one and plus one an onslaught, it would already it would still be one of the best cards in the set. Yes, because it's playing yeah, five it's, power worth of units and making them bigger. Yes, and also uh, playing the units that you want to use that have already died. It's got a whole library of your void to choose from. Yes. You're playing you're playing your rectifier again and now it's a three two. You know, like it's it's stupid. <laughs> and yes. also it's not you're not putting them back in your hand. You're playing them. It's it's very efficient. Yes. And this pick sort of informed the rest of the draft to a pretty significant degree. Um, and this shows up in this next pack. So this is, or this next pick, which is pick three. There's uh, cards in contention. Um, there's a 
two uncommons missing. The rare is the Menace Chant, which is the Fire Primal Shadow Chant, which allows you to draw a sigil of one of those colors. And then if you have double influence of them, you can invoke. Um, there's an Essence Feast, which we described as not a great card in our last episode. It continues to not be a great card. But then in the commons, there is a Magnificent Stranger and a Brood of Aramot. I think are the two strongest commons. And so sort of the question for me is, do I take a second Brood of Aramot? Because I do actually like that a little bit better than Magnificent Stranger. Or do I take Magnificent Stranger because it's a pretty card, pretty strong card. It's close to Brood of Aramot. And it's time, which is a great color. And it fits, it doesn't fit, but it's in time, which Aramot machinations are also in time. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't have a strong opinion on this one, honestly. Uh, it's one of those two cards. Um, uh, the fact that it's all been uh, rares and uncommons taken so far means that there's not much of a signal to go on. Uh, so right. seeing a Brood of Aramot third doesn't really mean much. Uh, but the but having taken an Aramot's Machinations and have, that is your best card now, I'd probably take Magnificent Stranger here, honestly. Yeah, and that's actually what I took also. Um, and it was almost solely on the fact, like I was explaining, uh, that I have an Aramont's Machinations because I would also be happy with a deck with two Broods of Aramont. For sure. Um, all right, so then pack or pick four, Cards in Contention. Um, once again, it's uh, uh, the rare and two uncommons that are missing. And um, the uncommon is Linrise Kiss, which is the seven cost tutor. Not great. Um, and then for the commons, there's a Burning Core Drake. There's a Calibrate, which is the ones cost spell. Draw a relic or power card from the top five cards of your deck. Put the rest on the bottom. Uh, there is a Sunset Enforcer in time, which is the six time time five five. When you sacrifice another unit, Sunset Enforcer gets plus two, plus two. And there's a Book Club Yeti. Uh, I guess I would probably take Book Club Yeti here. Yes. And that's what I ended up taking, because I do think it's the strongest card of the pack. And Sunset Enforcer and Calibrate are both time cards. And I sort of took a time card last pack just because of it's good and there's Aramont's Machinations, but... Neither both of these cards require at least a little bit of synergy, and Aramot's Machinations is not that synergy. Is that yeah, a, fair. a fair way to describe that? It, it is, and plus, if you for some reason had to abandon time or or, or shadow uh, through the draft, having Book Club Yeti Brood of Aramot is is a solid start to a draft too. Yes, I yeah. agree. And like we've been sort of harping on, I think Book Club Yeti is a surprisingly good card. And uh, like we talked about, um, it does leave you open to this Relic deck, which is a surprisingly strong deck in this format. I just want to say that I, I like when adorable cards are good. And Book Club <laughs> Yeti is one of the most adorable cards. It's a, it's a The club is more of a fight club than a book club. <laughs> He's. Yeah. I like to imagine. I like to imagine the Yeti saying to 
say, I like to imagine the Yeti saying, how about a little light reading? Oh, you're still conscious? Well, let's try something heavier. <laughs> yeah. As he bludgeons <laughs> this warrior with books. Yeah. What What I really want to know, and if there's any lore people listening to this podcast, how come there are no Grenadin on Zulpta, but there are still Yetis on this dying sun desert alternate reality land? Yeah, some sort of parallel evolution. I don't know. Yeah, because it's like there's no there's no hints of snow, but we still have yetis, <laughs> but all the Grenadine disappeared. I, yeah, yeah. If does, I knew anything about the uh, the eternal lore, I might be able to help you, but uh, I I I'm, I'm, I don't. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. <laughs> no, that's why I was I was sending that one out to the listeners. If anyone yeah. had any idea, please message me on Discord because I would <laughs> like to know the answer to this. This burning question. Be prepared for a lot of made-up lore. <laughs> All right. Yep. So I took the book club Yeti. Then we're going into pick five, cards in contention. Um, the uncommon left is premature, premature, premature burial, which is the six stone scar spell. The enemy player chooses two of their units to save, then sacrifices the rest. There's the only time card is Calibrate. There is a Siege Provisions, which we've been talking a lot about. Um, there's a Book Club Yeti in Primal. And then the two Shadow cards are Felrock's Infiltrator, which is the three Shadow Shadow 1-1 one, one, with Deadly and Unblockable. Mastery 5, draw one of the top five cards of the enemy player's deck, then discard the rest, and a Fanatical Stranger. I think uh, since we already have one Book Club Yeti... Um... Uh, I would probably just take another one here. Uh, yep. There's there's some argument that you could start heading into shadow uh, and 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 machinations makes that a viable thing to do, but I I don't think these commons in shadow are a strong enough uh, reason to do that. That's going to happen a lot with shadow though. Yes, I agree. And um, you know the weird thing is I I haven't quite sussed out how. If you're how sort of forced you are into one of the supported three colors or not, you know, like right now, if we play all of our cards, we're we're in Aurelian. And I think, you know, it's perfectly fine to be in Aurelian. But are you are you less incentivized? Like how less incentivized are you? Are you to not be... much not much less incentivized really what you're losing out on is the displays if you happen to run across one of the three color displays or one of those sort of marquee uncommons uh, that are the payoff uh, for for being in one of the supported colors otherwise I don't think it's it's that's there you need to and again it's because that um, the synergies like most of your cards aren't going to be dependent on synergy they're gonna work just fine so yes. you can create three color combinations that aren't directly supported and you'll still be good. I mean, if you end up in a deck that is really playing a lot of dragons, then you're going to want to be Fire Primal Shadow uh, or splashing one of those three factions, probably. Um, but in most of the decks that you draft, you're fine playing whatever three colors you get strong cards in because uh, you're not reliant on that synergy. You're going to be fine. Yeah. 
I agree. And I took a book club Yeti once again because it was good enough in pack or for pick four. So I picked it in pick five. Yeah. So just as an overview, right now we have two book club Yetis. We have a Magnificent Stranger, a Brood of Aramot, and a Aramot's Machinations. So this is going into pick six, Cards of Contention. They're in Primal. There's the Touch of Wild, which is the three Primal. Give one of your units Overwhelm. Then give a unit, weapon, or spell in your hand Overwhelm. There is a Sunset Enforcer in Time and a Humbug Nest in Time. And there are no Shadow Cards. I think this is an easy Humbug Nest. Yes, I agree. And I took the Humbug's Nest. Even though I've taken three Primal Cards... Uh, some of the touches um, higher on than others. Touch of the Wild giving Overwhelm is not super exciting to me. No, uh, I don't think it's one of the strong... I haven't ever taken it and played it yet, and I've never had it played against me, but it's hard to imagine a really great uh, application for it, honestly. Yeah, and three just seems a little expensive. Yeah, I don't know why this is more expensive than Touch of Battle, which is a thousand times better than it. Yeah. Touch of Battle yeah. is, if anything, undercosted. Yes. That's the, one that, that's the one that grants deadly. I agree. The time one. Yep. Yeah. All right. So also, Humbug not... Nest provides you with one drops that you can reanimate with Aramot's Machinations, two of them. Exactly. And it also go, goes well with Elysian, which is another direction I have because Elysian, you know, does have the, the Magnificent Skies, which is the buff the flyers. So Elysian mm-hmm. does have this flyer theme going on. It does. Um, all right, and then so then into pick seven cards in contention, there's another premature burial as the only uncommon, but then there's another humbug's nest, which I take, and there aren't really any other cards in contention there. Agreed. Um, and then pick eight, um, cards in contention here. There is a display of tradition, which is the Time Justice Primal. Um, put an enemy unit into its, um, or yeah, it's the Time Justice Primal display. So it's a fast spell. Its modes are put an enemy unit into its owner's hand, then increase its cost by your highest relic, silence the enemy void, or give one of your units plus two health and killer, as well as a ruin marker. Um, and there are no time cards in the pack. I, I don't like Rune Marker very much. It's 2-4 four for 4, and even if it gets its mastery off, which gives all of your flying units killer, sometimes you don't even have any flying units around when that happens, or like you've got a, some like 1-1s, one and now they have... Ki- it's, it's not really that great. It takes a lot of work for Rune Marker to be good, so I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty low on that card at this point. I would just take the Display of Tradition... It has two good modes. The giving something to health and killer is pretty good, and then it has that bounce effect if you happen to have a relic on board, uh, which is not bad at all. It's also a fast spell, so bouncing the things at fast speed, even if you don't have a relic down, can sometimes be a really great combat trick. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's interesting. This is actually the card I did take the display of tradition, but once again, I was streaming this draft, and that was mostly due to the. Um, to the chat sort of talking me into the display of traditions. I agree. Like in theory, we do have two book club yetis. And so we could imagine ourselves getting into the relic matters deck. Um, But I've been, 
like I said earlier, kind of underwhelmed with this display. It really, I don't know, it feels like it wants, if you don't have relics, then it's really just a single mode card, which is plus two health and killer. And that's not a card I, I necess- really want to play in my deck. It's a hard to cast sort of underwhelming effect when you're I relying think beca- on just that mode. I think because mode. it's hard to cast, uh, for sure, uh, then it's it's not going to be that great in that situation. But also that mode is very, very useful when you can use it, uh, in my experience. Yes. Um, it it does it is a permanent buff like it keeps the plus 2 health so not only have you probably killed something of similar size to the unit that you're using it on now you have a larger unit uh to 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 get into combat with later so i think that one mode is rather good and then this is one of those cards that's playable without the relic synergy but then once you do get the relic synergy holy cow um cuz sometimes like if you get anything with of any size you've basically removed something permanently from the game cuz giving plus 5 cost to an enemy unit probably means it's not getting played again. Yeah. Yeah, my one argument for ruin marker is it's not an exciting card, but I can see it making my deck. Sure. Um while display of tradition, I definitely see a lot of <laughs> a lot of it not making my deck. Yeah, I think that's totally fair, but also I'm so unlikely to play a rune marker in my final deck. I usually end up with enough playables uh, over the course of a draft that I would rather play something that's potentially very powerful um, or pick something that's potentially very powerful than pick something that I'm almost certainly not going to play. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things I wanted to focus on with this pick is even though actually in this deck I ended up not playing the Display of Tradition, so far... This format feels like it has enough playables that you're not as punished for taking flyers like this. Yeah, that's been my sense. It's a combination of having really good fixing and just having uh, fewer garbage commons overall. Uh, is that I end up having to like struggle over what to cut from my decks rather than like hunting for playables at the end much more often. Yep. And I think that's really it. I um, took a Sunset Enforcer next. And then after that, like I said, this is sort of the dis- the, the deck I described where I ended up uh, mostly t- Aurelian, so Time Primal Shadow. And didn't really le- I didn't really have any let- relics, so I didn't lean into that aspect of the deck, but just had a lot of flyers, had a lot of sacrifice. Um, I splashed fire, so this is a four-color deck just for Soul's Fury, just for the sa- mostly just for the sacrifice ability, and because I didn't have a ton of removal, but it was mostly it was mostly a free splash because I had um, I had two tokens that gave fire plus two Stone Scar Strangers. Um, right. Well, so, I'll be interested to know how that deck does then. Yeah. So it, it's a weird card to splash because it's not that great of a card, but it felt like it fit the deck. So uh, we're giving it a try. And done. So once again, hope you enjoyed that. Thanks again to all our patrons. And for the rest of you, if you want to know how to support us more, listen to the full episode. Bye.